Let's say a prayer as we get ready to go into the word today. Lord God, I just thank you and I praise you for just who you are in our lives. Thank you, Lord God, that you continue to um, just change and transform us daily. Uh, none of us have arrived. We haven't made it. We don't have all the answers. And so, God, we turn to you. I pray that we will always, as the body Dayton, as individuals, that we would always turn to you. We would look to you for wisdom and uh, for your love, uh, for your grace, and just all of the needs that we have in our life. We would not be overwhelmed. We would not be anxious. We would be patient. We would endure, um, and only because we have you in our lives. God, I pray that I would decrease in this moment and that you would increase in me. Let your Holy Spirit touch my lips so that I would speak your word. That your people would hear all that you have to say for them today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And we all said, amen. Um, I really got to do better. Can you go give me a water, please? <laughs> um, I had something that I drank in the back, and I, I think it might have made me more parched, actually. Um, but after talking about just being appreciative for the people and what they do, um, I'm excited today to be talking to you about action. Uh, one of the three, one of the three words that we, as a church, I uh, say live by um, our mission mission statement. Uh, we as a church, we are uh, a church who exists to show Christ's love through acceptance, authenticity, and action. We've talked about acceptance. We've talked about authenticity. Today, we're going to be talking about action. And action, action is everything that I've already talked to you about, right? Those people took action. Um, action is defined a couple different ways, but it is a verb. At the end of the day, that it, it is a verb. It is something that is done. But let me read to you um, the definitions that I got from Webster. I always like to go to Miriam and Webster, you know, for some reason they are Y'all remember last week, and I was like, who made these people the people, right? I don't know why. I just, I've been drinking the Paterade or something. I'm not sure. I, I just don't understand, you know? I'm only here because God put me here. Like, I can say that. But I, maybe God put them there, too, you know? <laughs> like, I'm going to go with that one. She'd be like, geez. Because they'll just up and add a word, take a word away. I mean, okay, never mind. I'm, I'm having a me moment. So, action. Let's, let's look at the definition of action. We're going to look, it's, you know, they have multiple definitions like A, B, C, you know, whatever. And the A, first definition they have for action is a thing done. Action is a thing done. And then right after that, it just has deed in all capital letters. So, an action is a deed, a thing done, a deed. Right? Not as a deed as in the property, but a deed as in the action, something done. Definition B, the accomplishment of a thing, usually a period of time in stages, wait, pause, the accomplishment of a thing, usually over a period of time in stages or with the possibility of repetition. I'm, I'm going to read that one more time. I like that. An action is the accomplishment of a thing, usually over a period of time, in stages, or with the possibility of repetition. Which brings me to the next portion, which is the plural, right? Because if it's repeated, then they become actions, right? So... Actions, plural of action, are behaviors. 
or conduct. So there are deeds that we can do that become behavior or conduct. Over a period of time, in stages, repetitively, actions. These words all are very important when you look at the word action. And as we talk about the body dating and how action applies to who we are and what we do, I love all of these words. Again, take a moment and I want you to think about this church, your church. Think about who we are with these words. The accomplishment of a thing, usually over a period of time, in stages, or with the possibility of repetition. Actions, behaviors, conduct. We should have a certain conduct here at the Body Dayton if we are a church of action. There should be certain behaviors people should see when they come here if we are a church of action. According to this definition, so we need to behave a certain way or have a certain conduct about us. Another word when you look at action was initiative. I love these words. I loved that these words were there under action. Initiative. Why am I excited about initiative? Because without initiative, there is no action. Someone has to take initiative. So then I had to look up the definition of initiative. An introductory step. Energy or aptitude displayed in initiation of an action. Initiative. We here at the Body Dayton, what would happen if we all took initiative over a thing done? What if we all took initiative over a thing done? Remember, that's, that's a definition of action. What if we took initiative over a thing done and then it became an accomplishment of that thing over a period of time in stages and repeated? We would be the church. We would be the church. We would be the church of Jesus Christ. We would be the body. We'd be the body dating. We'd be a church who were known to take action. What happens when you are a person or a church that's known to take action? People seek you out. You're sought after. Because when people need something, they're looking for someone who's going to do something. Here's my favorite. This is like 4C. There's one, two, three, four. I, I didn't even read all of them. But this is 4C. Way down at the bottom in the definitions of actions. A function of the body or one of its parts. I, I was like, let's go. <laughs> they put us right in there. Come on. A function of the body or one of its parts. Action. Here at the Body Dayton, action means that we are doing things, whether as a whole or whether it's as individuals, body parts. Now, see, some of y'all would think I was real cheesy, and I do. You ask the leaders. You ask the leaders. I'll, I'll go into the leadership thing, and I'll be like, good morning, bodybuilders. You, know, you see what I did right there? 
<laughs> Stop. But I mean, I love it though. We're bodybuilders. What? I mean, I'm just saying. Body parts. Okay. It just gets weird though. Gotta watch it. Gotta watch it. All right, let's get let's get real serious. Let's look at the word. Actually, before we, before we look at the word, I want to tell you a story. Everybody like story time? I feel like I need a, a robe and a, a pipe and a nice big chair. Story time with Pastor Dwayne. All right, so we all know here, we all know that doctors take an oath to do all they can to fight sickness and bring good health to everyone they help. Would everybody agree? I mean, to the best of their ability, right? Um, I don't know what the exact oath is. You know, it's, it's also, it's got something to do with, you know, not doing harm to people is in there somewhere, I think. But the point is, is that they go to college and they do all the time getting educated so that they can do all that they know to do to help people have good health. But we all know, and it's also in the, in their oath, to my knowledge, that they are simply practicing. They're practicing medicine. That's important. That's important as we go forward. So let me share my story with you. In the middle of a church service, a woman has a heart attack. Horrible, horrible situation. I need you to be here with me. Preacher's preaching. And boom, she hits the ground, right? In the sanctuary that day, there was a doctor. And as everyone looked on, struck, just, just awestruck and just immovable. They're just stuck watching like, oh my goodness, The doctor quickly jumps up. And he's, I'm a doctor, I'm a doctor. And he jumps into action. He takes action from his seat. He runs across the sanctuary yelling, I'm a doctor, I'm a doctor. And he gets over and he begins to perform CPR on the lady. By all appearances, the doctor was doing all he knew to do, fulfilling his oath to save the lady as everybody else looked on. There he is. Everybody else is watching, probably with concern. But take a second and look at that picture. Can anybody here, like, is that, is that good? Is, is the picture we see there, is it good? Or is there possibly something more that should have been done? More should have been done. The pastor, where was he at? I'm assuming he was in the pulpit. Because that was the story. Said everybody was stuck looking to see what was going to happen. It was no misunderstanding that the doctor knew what he was doing. It was good that he was running and jumping into action to make sure that this lady was going to be okay. And everybody else stood there and watched. There's definitely something wrong with that picture. Let me retell the story. There's a lady. She's worshiping. She's praising. And all of a sudden, boom, heart attack hits her. She hits the floor. The lady next to her says, oh, my God, Jesus, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Another lady across the room, she comes over and says, is she okay? Oh, God, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And the pastor says, hold on, excuse me. Come on. I'm coming through. I'm coming through. 
we need to pray for her. Everybody, point your hands. Let's, let's, get, let's get lay hands on her, and let's begin to pray for this woman right now. And the doctor says, I'm a doctor here. Let me in here. Let me in here. I can get in here. I want to I pray, but I also want to administer CPR while you pray. The lady recovers. She gets up. They brush her off. And she's like, I don't know what just happened. Doctor says, you need to sit down, ma'am. I believe you might have just had a heart attack. The ambulance shows up, takes her to the doctors. They do scans. They do tests. And they're like, we don't see anything of any great issue. Did you have a heart attack in the past? No, not that I know of. Well, there's some, some scar tissue there that says you might have had something a long time ago, but nothing saying anything today. And the doctor says, oh, I'm sure she had a heart attack. All the symptoms were there. Two separate stories. In one story, one man jumps into action and does all that he knows to do. In the other story, a whole church jumps into action and does all they know to do. The difference between these two stories is one guy was simply practicing what he had learned. And he was doing all that he knew to do. In the other story... They were not just practicing, they were putting faith into action, doing all that they knew to do, having an expectation on somebody other than themselves, somebody greater than themselves. Let's look, let's look at what the Bible has to say. James chapter 2. I'll give you a second to go there if you have your Bibles or your electronic devices. We're going to start at verse 14. James chapter 2, starting at verse 14. I'm going to be in the New Living Translation. One more time, James chapter 2, starting at verse 14. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Pause. I just told you about a story about a woman who needed saving. Physical. But what about the many people we know who need spiritual saving? If you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions, can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing? What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, there's one of those words, unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now here's, here's, the, here's the golden verse. Now, some way, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. How can you show me your faith if you do not have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. 
What does that mean? How can I show you my faith? In the second story that I told you, the people of the church showed you their faith through their actions. Jesus, I have faith that if I run over and pray for this woman in this moment, she's going to be healed. That is the most important piece. We talk about actions. This is talking about faith and actions. There are three things, at least two main notes, if you're going to take notes or things you want to write down. Three. We need faith and action. If we're going to be a church of action, we need both faith and action. Not just one or the other. A lot of churches have one or the other. A church that is all about action, well, you see them do all kinds of stuff. They do lots and lots of stuff. But they lack faith, so you don't see some things that you wish you would see. Or you have a church that's all about faith, and they believe for everything, but nothing ever really seems to get done. Because they're just having faith that it'll happen. I'm not saying either one is horrible, but either one is not enough. That I'm saying. We need both. So let's, let's continue. Let's continue. We have faith and action. Let's continue and let's look in 1 John chapter 3, verses 14 through 18. There might be a little bit more in the, in the notes. I mean, on the slides. Let's start at the beginning. If it starts at 14, that's great. I'm going to give you a second. 1 John chapter 3, verses 14 through 18. Uh-oh. Starting at verse 14, it says, If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers... It proves that we have passed from death to life. Pause. I want to go back and I want to look at that one more time. Because it said it proves something. That's interesting to me. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. I know you heard all of what Olahana said during worship, and it was all so real and all so very true. A hard truth, but nonetheless, very true. If you have love, then it doesn't matter what you're capable of or what you can do. It's all useless without love. So let's continue. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. Wow. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. 16. We know that real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. An action. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Verse 17, if someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Here's the big verse right here, verse 18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. There's another version that says deeds. It used the word deeds instead of actions. 
So here we are again looking at those words that we've already seen. And I want to say to you, we need faith with action. We need deeds and truth. Faith in action, deeds, and truth. Why deeds and truth? Let us show the truth by our deeds. I believe it was... It was a president, I'm pretty sure. I don't want to I don't want to misquote. I'm pretty sure it was I know it was a president. I just can't remember if it was Eisenhower or but they said it might have been Hoover. They said a person doesn't care what you have to say until they know you wait, I'm saying it wrong. Ah, I hate that. <laughs> hold on, hold on. It's going to come to me. I love this. I love this quote. People don't care about. There you go. There you go. Say it one more time for me. People don't know. Roosevelt, people don't care about what you know until they know that you care. People want truth, truth in action, truth in deeds. You go out and you're like, Jesus loves you. Show me. Jesus cares. Show me. Then when they see you operating when they see you doing, and then they're like, wait a second. Maybe there's something to this. And watch this. When you combine faith in action with truth in action, <laughs> let's keep going. First Peter. First Peter, our, our primary verse here is going to be verse 13. But before I get there, in this scripture, in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, while you're looking for it, I'm going to tell you this. In 1 Peter chapter 1, they're talking about, uh, there's, there's just as you read along, uh, it talks about great expectation. It talks about our faith in Jesus. It talks about our love for Jesus. Okay, our great expectation for him, who he is, what he'll do. Our love for him. Our faith in him. Who we've never seen. Jesus, who we have never seen. The prophets, it goes on and it talks about the prophets and how they prophesied about salvation, about a savior. They prophesied about Jesus who would come, who would be born. They prophesied about a, a, a man child who would save us all. This was something that uh, uh, even the prophets wanted to know. In the scripture, this is what it says. This is, this is salvation. The salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about. They didn't even understand what they were prophesying about. They were talking about Jesus and all that he would do, and they had no understanding of it. Can you grasp that? Let me tell you, let, let me really make this plain for you. These men left their properties, left their homes, left their stuff to run around the world and tell people about a man that would come. 
Hmm. Similar to what we do, but the difference is, is they did not see or did not hear about through testimony the works that he did. I just want you, I want you to put, they were running around talking about something that was supposed to happen that they had no proof of, none. It was just, they were fervent about it. The Bible says, when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you and me. They wondered what time, when, what would the situation be? The spirit of Christ within them was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering. They wondered about the things that the spirit of God had revealed to them. Yet they kept going. Why? Let's look at verse 13. 1 Peter 1, verse 13. Everything that I've just talked about is everything that was in the scripture. So if you want to go back, read, start from verse 1. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Pause. They did all of this with a hope. They did all of this to get us to prepare for, prepare your minds for action. We talk about God's love. We talk about how we trust him. We believe him. We put our faith in him. So prepare your minds for action. What action, Pastor Dwayne? If we believe the way we say we do, if we worship the way we say we do, if God is who we say he is, then something should happen. People should burst through those doors grasping and clawing and clamoring to get to transformation, to get to freedom, to get to love, to get to grace, to get to mercy, to get to healing. And when they do, what is our job? Our job is to be the church. Our job is to be the ones that will pray for the healing. Our job is the ones to show the love. Our job is the one to encourage them and, and, and let them know that he is a gracious God and it is okay. Our job is to testify of the good news of Jesus Christ based off of our life, our living, and our experience of who he is. So that means... We have to prepare our minds for action. I just don't really know. You better prepare your mind for action. I've just not really been the one to do. Well, you better prepare your mind for action. I don't know if I really am feeling this. You better prepare your mind for action. Because if you don't, somebody's going to miss what you had to give them. Somebody's going to miss what you had to offer. And you're going to be like, well, I mean, maybe that just wasn't what I was supposed to do. You might have missed the preaching on authenticity because God made you for such a time as this for the purpose of sharing his good news letting people know who he is, that he loves them. So you must live as God's obedient children. 
Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. I prayed and I was like, Lord, how am I going to close this? And there's a scripture that came. And, <laughs> and I was like, Lord, I, I don't know if that scripture is going to be fitting. Uh, because, well, you know, what if it's out of context? So I went and I sat in, I sat in the book and I read around this scripture and it really kind of sucked because there's, there's, there's no way to really take this scripture out of context. I mean, granted, yes, you can step away from the subject matter that it was talking about, but the scripture still stands as is. And I, I didn't want to read it because I was just like, man, you know, hey, guys, let me say this. I love you. I love you. Like, you guys are awesome. And, man, you guys make this church what it is. In James chapter 4, verse 17, if you would like to go there with me so that everyone can read and see what I see. James chapter 4, verse 17. Um, this one is not up there. I don't think. Is it? No, I didn't think so. Because I really wasn't going to do it. I was like, I'm not going to read this scripture. But I want everybody to go to James chapter 4, verse 17. Are you ready? It says, to not do the right thing is sin. To not do the right thing is sin for you, if you know. To not do the right thing is sin. Ouch. To not do the right thing is sin. I get it. I get it. He'll, you, I need some toe protection, too. We're talking about, listen, I know if you read that scripture, you're going to be stuck, okay, because there's a lot going on there. I'm going to say that I'm, I'm actually stepping away from that particular subject, topic that it's talking about, okay, because he's just, James is really going in there. He's really going in. And I'm just talking about being a church of action. That's all. I'm talking about being a church of action. And if we as the church know what to do and don't do it, it, listen, is there anybody here that wants me to read more of that particular book, <laughs> verse 4? I mean, chapter 4. I can read more of chapter 4 so that we can have full context. But I'm just telling you, it's going to just really, you know, drive it in a little hard. And it's going to hurt a little bit more than it already does. But... I just, I want to close on that. I want to close on that. Not to be a Debbie Downer, that is not the key. This is an encouragement and this is a challenge. This is a challenge. I look at, I look at Christy just now as I said that. And, and she's somebody that understands challenge. Okay? She is, she has run and participated in Iron, the Iron Man. Lord, talk about challenge. And I'm telling you right now, when she's running, when she's going through those courses and doing all the things that she does, she probably could curse a few different people, you know? Daggone it, Ken, why didn't you take those Oreo cookies? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Ken, what is wrong with you? And Ken's like, I, I'm, I, what? 
How do I have anything to do with this? Right? And so all I'm saying to you is, is that, yes, I get it. It's frustrating. And, and you may be like, man, this is stupid. You're asking a lot. This is a challenge. This is a challenge for us to be a church, a different kind of church, a church of high expectations. Expectations of what? Of God to do great things. We need to have faith in actions. We need to have truth in action. And we need to prepare our minds for action. Because if, if we live the way the Bible is calling us to live, if we will do what the Bible has called us to do, if we will be good, obedient children of God, living the way he has called us to live, we are going to be labeled people of action. We're going to be labeled people of action. Let me name some people of action to you. Number one, Jesus Christ. Number two, and this is off the top of my head, Elijah. Number three, Elisha. Shall I continue? If you don't know these stories of these men, they were men that when trouble happened, people said, go get this person. When something was going down, they asked, where can we find this person? When this person was coming through town, they spread it everywhere. They're here. And there were some who were like, we don't want them. We don't want them here. Why? Because they were people of action. Where whenever they come, something changes. When they show up, things begin to happen that we don't want to happen. Our idols are destroyed. Our cities catch on fire. People who we killed come back to life. <laughs> I mean... No, I mean, okay, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> People do come back to life. I just don't know if that was actually in that particular, okay? That's out of context, sorry. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> they call us out. They call us out and they call us on our stuff. We don't want them here. While the bulk of the people are saying, we need them here. We, at the body Dayton, are a church who exists to show Christ's love through acceptance, authenticity, and action. Next week, I'm excited. I'm going to come before you with Pastor Ryan. He's not here today. But next week, I'm going to come before you with Pastor Ryan, and we are going to hopefully just stir the pot over the last three messages that I've just preached to you. We're going to stir the pot and hopefully get you excited about being a church that shows Christ's love through the three A's. And understand this. Sometimes I get up here and I preach to you and I'm like, you know, we got to do this. We got to do this. And some people will think, what are we not? It's not always that we're not. Sometimes I'm just encouraging you to keep going, to keep pushing. Why? Because I know it gets tiresome when you're fighting an uphill battle, when you're going against the current, when you're doing the things that the world is not. When you are a person of action and there are people screaming, we don't want you here. But you know that there are silent participants. There are people who are there who aren't screaming anything, but inside they are in desperate need of something. And we know what that is. <clears throat> Guys, I love this church. I love who we are, and I love most who we're becoming. A church who will follow Christ Jesus.
unapologetically. Understand this. I'm talking about from here going forward. I don't care about anything that happened any time in the past. I just, I'm not talking about that right now. I am getting this church excited about tomorrow. Is that okay? Can we get excited about tomorrow? Can we get excited about what's next? Can we get excited about the doors opening and people flooding in here and being ready to serve them however God says to serve them? Can I share a testimony? And this is about a person. This is about Miss Tammy. Tammy, I, I, heard, I heard this, and I want everybody to hear what I'm saying right now because this is a huge testimony. And I know there are other people here that felt the same way. Miss Tammy heard about the, um, and she's sitting there like, oh, God, what is he about to say? <laughs> if, you, if you wasn't always in trouble, you wouldn't be concerned. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> jo jo <laughs> George is like, get her, get her. No, joke. Miss Tammy heard about the outreach that we're going to do in the form of the, uh, the uh, uh, VBS, right? And Miss Tammy, she loves who we are as a church, and she loves the fact that we are a church that puts on an amazing VBS. And she loves even more the fact that when we put our VBS here at the church, it's huge, and everybody gets involved, and everybody's got a part to play, and everybody does something. And she's like, man, I just really, really like that. And I just don't know if I'm going to like this. That's okay. That is okay. I was, I was okay with that. And I, what, what, let me, let me. <laughs> let me, I know. She's coming, she's coming up here. Yeah. But Miss Tammy said, sign me up. Sign me up. I want to be on board with what we're doing, and I want to be on board with where we're going. This is not typical Miss Tammy. But I'm going to step out. Now, understand, typical Miss Tammy is to help and to do whatever. But what she was saying was, is, I'm not typically the one that's going to, you know, get my shoes dirty going down the street. That's okay. You know? But she said, sign me up. I'm going to put on my old tennis shoes. <laughs> and we're going to go and we're going to hit the streets, so to speak. That's a testimony. That's a testimony of being unsure, but not being willing to sit by. Being uncomfortable, but not being willing to stand still. That's a testimony of saying, I am a part of the body Dayton, where we show Christ's love through acceptance, authenticity, and action. And since that's who I am, and that's what we're doing, I'm not going to stand by. I'm not going to stand still. I'm going to step out. I'm going to do something uncommon. I'm going to show up, and I'm going to allow Christ to show out so that people can come to know the love of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Miss Tammy, for letting me use you. <laughs> Let's just, let's just bow our heads. I appreciate the people in this room. If you, if you've heard this message and, and it's, it's touched your life, it's touched your heart, and you feel transformation happening in your thought process, can I ask you, allow that transformation to continue happen. Allow that transformation to completely eradicate your life and create something new. Allow God to come in and use you to make a difference. If you are struggling with that, and you would like 
for me or someone else to pray with you. Come on up here and let's pray together. If you're like, man, I don't want to be up there in front of everybody and I don't want to pray right now, then after, after service, after we release, come on up and we can get somebody to pray with you afterwards. I understand. That's fine. But what I'm encouraging you to do is to allow God to have his perfect work in your life, transforming the way you think so that you will no longer conform to the things of this world. Not in any situation, in any manner, that you will be free, completely free to live and love like Jesus Christ did. I want to pray with you all. I want to pray corporately together that we as a church would do this. Will you pray with me? Lord God, will you change us? Change the way we think. God, remove anything that's not like you. Any old seeds that have been planted, And Lord God, refresh our mind. Give us a new desire, a new fire to run after you and to do all that you've called us to do. All that you desire done in this world. God, we're here as a church Use us. Take control. Have your way. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Guys, thank you so much. We love you here at The Body Dayton on Facebook and anywhere else. Go and have a wonderful, blessed day.